Hello and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Byer. And I'm Len Foote. And welcome to the program. You are listening to the podcast from the home studios in Woodridge, Illinois, where the crowd is ready for trailblazing film and fantastic directors. Uh, we love to talk about uh, great directors here on Jag Bags. We've highlighted quite a few, which uh, we encourage you to go and check out. We've talked about directors from Martin Scorsese to Steven Spielberg to Tim Burton to Spike Lee to name just a few. We've talked about quite a bit. And uh, We've had top 10, I think, too. Or top yeah, 10. Top 10 favorite directors. That's right. And um, and tonight we're going to talk about one of the hottest new directors out there. Um, it's a bit of a new thing for us at Jag Bags because normally what we do is discuss directors with like a huge body of work, decades even. But um, tonight's director has uh, three feature films that she has directed by herself and one that she has co-directed. She's been an actress as well and appeared in a lot of uh, movies, but um, it's really as a director that her her work as a director that has brought her the most fame. And uh, as of today's recording, uh, she is firmly in the news because her smash hit Barbie, which basically jump-started the motion picture industry in 2023. Um, while it received quite a bit of nominations, she herself was not nominated for Best Director, which caused quite a bit, quite a stir on social media. Of course, we're talking about Greta Gerwig. She's the director of Barbie. She is the director of Little Women, and she also is the director of Lady Bird. And she really is um, just a, a, a person who I think her work is resonating not only with uh, women, but I I think people of all ages from teenagers, my daughter, Jesse, uh, Greta Gerwig is her absolute favorite um, to seasoned film goers uh, and uh, auteurs, uh, people who really, you know, dig the Oscars and um, love film. They just think she's doing great things, uh, a, a truly original voice and really excited to see where her career and where her next steps uh, go from here. Um, Maybe so her appeal is so great. That that's why she didn't get that many. <laughs> be, she feels mainstream now. Sometimes when you're that big, we talked yeah. about it on our recap episode, yeah. where we talked a bit about the Oscar nominations, which as of uh, the date of this recording, they came out uh, today, January 23rd, 2024. And, uh, while Barbie received several nominations, including best picture, uh, Greta Gerwig, who has been nominated in the past, did not get a nomination for best director for Barbie, which, uh, well, we'll talk quite a bit about Barbie, um, because, um, her body of work relative to others that we've talked about is so small. It's nice because we can kind of go in depth. We can go a little more in depth into her, her work and, and her career and talk about what makes her tick. Um, and I think I have a question for you just to start off mm -hmm. and how would you rate, uh, usually we go like with these directors, we, we pick our top five or our top 10, uh, directors, but since she only has three movies, how would you rank her movie? That's my, my question to you is how would you rank her movies best number one to number three, one being your favorite in uh, lady birds, one Barbie's two little women's three. I, that's a good, that's interesting. Um, 
I'm going to, I watched Lady Bird for the first time last night and it just knocked me out. I just thought, what a great, great movie. Yeah. And I can't decide because I also just thought Little Women was tremendous. Tremendous. Um, and I. They're all good. They're all good. They're all She's good. three for three. She's three for three. Just don't count nights and weekends. Right. We'll talk about that. Well, let's talk about that first. So I've not seen Nights and Weekends, but you have, and she co-directed that. And it's it's not that it's not up to the other three level. Is that what you're not even no, it was I had a hard time watching it. Wow. And it's short. It's not a long movie. But I've known her work for a long time because she started out as an indie film person. And there was something that people called mumblecore, which is a term she doesn't like, but it's naturalistic acting. It's mainly focusing on relationships. So that's what that whole movie is, nights and weekends. And she did a movie, Hannah takes the stairs that I remember liking that was like that. But Nights and Weekends is just him and this guy, Joe Swanberg, who she co-wrote it with and co-directed it with. And it's just basically those two as their relationship kind of falls apart. Yeah. But it's just navel gazing is like what I want to call it. I know it's not really like that. It's just basically showing one scene after another where you can tell this isn't going to work. Right. But to me, that was, it wasn't interesting to me. Yeah. It was just kind of like, okay. And, and it got pretty good reviews, but I've looked at, I like, you know, nowadays you just look at Rotten Tomatoes. Like the critics liked it, but the audiences didn't. So mm-hmm. I was actually with the audience on that. One. Right. But it was that whole but The guy she, she co-wrote it and co-directed with, Joe Swanberg, he did a movie called Drinking Buddies that was my favorite movie of, I think, 2013. Mm-hmm. And it was Jake Johnson, Olivia Wilde, and they're basically just these friends that just drink all the time. <laughs> But it was it was great. It was great. So there was just a, a rare miss for both of them, I guess. When did that move? When did Nights and Weekends come out? I think it was maybe 2010. I don't have the exact date, but I think it was right around then, or 2009, maybe. But she's worked as an actress for quite a quite a while. Yeah, she's been she's been in her career. If you want to go into it, I could. I feel like she's worked with everybody. <laughs> yeah, and she's not. I was reading about her. There was a good interview with her in. Vanity Fair by a writer named Sloane Crosley, who's written a lot of articles and she has books of essays. She's a good writer. And it, I mean, it was last month. And I think that's where I read about her relationship with uh, Shersha Ronan mm-hmm. and how as an actress, not Greta Gerwig, Shersha Ronan, she'll just say, oh, I'm just saying the lines. And I feel like both of them aren't overthinkers. They just do the work. Yeah. And that's kind of how they described her in an article. Like she just puts her head down and does her stuff. She doesn't have pretensions of, I don't know. And I, I think that's part of her appeal is, you know, which is weird that critics like her so much yeah because i i feel like she's so accessible super relatable yeah but her acting career some of her stuff is like she's like this young object of desire some of the stuff is she's manic manic pixie dream girl and some of the stuff is just her being just like this force of nature And because, yeah, I mean, way before she was a director, I was watching a lot of her because I like like the independent movies. I like giving giving stuff a chance. So I've seen a good amount of her stuff. Um, Greenberg was the movie I really liked her in. That was her and Ben Stiller. Mm. And Ben Ben Stiller plays like an awful person. (laughs) And she's like his romantic interest in it. And she's great in it. And then just listen listen to all people involved in this. 
So it's kind of actually interesting because Jennifer Jason Leigh, who is her current partner, Noah Baumbach's ex-wife, is Jennifer Noah Baumbach Jason and Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee co-wrote it. Hmm. So I don't know if that's when things started up with them or what. Yeah. But listen to the rest of the people that are in this movie. Brie Larson, uh, Chris Messina, Juno Temple, our friend from Fargo. Fargo. I've never seen Ted Lasso, but you loved her in Fargo though, right? She was tremendous in Fargo. thought she was great. But you, you don't really like her in Ted Lasso? That's more of the material that's not... Juno Temple's fault. Yeah. yeah. And Dave Franco. And it got great reviews, but nobody went to see it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. But then she'd do stuff like she's Nailey Portman's best friend in No Strings Attached. And then she'd make another like indie movie, Damsels in Distress, and Aubrey Plaza's in it from Parks and Recreation, and Zach Woods from The Office in Silicon Valley. And then, okay, it, it's almost like a back and forth. Then I'm, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go make Arthur, a remake of Arthur. <laughs> with Russell Brand. <laughs> and I thought that was a bomb, but I guess it wasn't as bad as I thought. And then another indie movie, Lola Versus, which Deborah Winger's in. Have I seen that? I did. Uh, yeah. Ebon, Ebon Moss Bacharach. So she's both everybody. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm going to keep going. And I, I liked Lola Versus, but that got bad reviews, but I, I thought it was a good movie. And it was always, it's always good to see like Deborah Winger. Yeah. And then she did a Woody Allen movie. She did To Rome with Love. And her segment, Alec Baldwin, Jesse Eisenberg, Ellen Page. So wow. geez, it's crazy. It's almost like a Forrest Gump like career as far as wow, she was yeah. actress. And then Francis Ha, another good movie. Mickey Sumner, who Sting's daughter is in it with her. Uh Grace Gummer, who I'm pretty sure is Meryl Streep's daughter, and Adam Driver. Wow. And that movie got a lot of praise, Francis Ha. That got that got her notice. Uh, I think that was maybe um her most impactful one up to that point. <laughs> But then she turns around and this movie I watched last night, she makes the humbling her and Pacino. Yes. And when I'm watching it, I'm like, this is really bad. But then when I got to the end, I'm like, well, I wouldn't say it's bad. It's not good, but the pl <laughs> the plot's ridiculous though. So Pacino is this actor who he's having suicidal impulses and stuff. And at the beginning of the movie, he jumps off stage and like goes splat into an empty orchestra pit. So they put him into like a mental health rehab place and it's Pacino talking about acting, not as Pacino as his character in the movie, yeah. but you can feel the Pacino-ness because Pacino loves Shakespeare. So there's a lot of stuff about he, Shakespeare. He's the movie. captain. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's like, a, it felt like a vanity project for Pacino, but Greta Gerwig plays a lesbian who basically says she's been in love with Al Pacino's character since she was eight years old and Pacino knows her parents. And it's just, it's like, does this, this Pacino's character have dementia? They kind of imply that there's one scene where somebody's in the scene with them and then they cut away and nobody's there. It's like, it's like that kind of thing. And it's about oh, acting, see. but by yeah. the end, of it i was like okay it's not that bad but <laughs> the idea of, yes here's this lesbian who's in love with you since you're eight years old and then they become lovers i was just kind of like what it's kind of an odd odd script but it, there was some merit to it but you know pacino she's got all these people yeah oh and charles Grodin was in it too wow two heavyweights yeah. then she did like another type indie type movie called mistress america that i thought was pretty good and then she's with natalie portman again she was in jackie where natalie portman got nominated she's got 
got a part in that. And then our friend Wes Anderson, she does the voice in Isle of Dogs. Well, that's Greta Gerwig and, doing this. Yeah, she, she's one of the voices, one of the dogs. And then I, I can't, I, I didn't realize she was in White Noise, which came out a couple of years ago. I want to see it. I think Adam Driver's in that too. And then her career could have gone a different way. So she had two big TV projects that didn't happen. One was The Corrections, which is a Jonathan Franzen book that was, that's the book that Oprah made her pick. And he was like, no, I don't want it. <laughs> I, I, so they were going to make uh, it into this this TV show. I, think I mean, love that book. Love that book. And, and she got cast in it and it just fell apart. Yeah. So if that would have gone big, she could have been on TV for a long time. Big actress. So all these things, yeah, she could have never had this directing career. And then her other one, which is less, uh, what's the word for it? Like less high level, I guess, more of a mainstream one was she was going to be in a spinoff of How I Met Your Mother called How I Met Your Dad, where she played the lead. Huh. And that fell apart too. Isn't that weird? Very she strange. had these two big possible TV shows and the corrections had a ton of hype. Did not happen. Yeah. And she guest started on uh, two big comedies. She was on Portlandia and yes. she was on a couple episodes of Mindy Project. So, so she gets around and she knows everyone she knows everybody she had a really really layered acting career because she had these indie films she had these big mainstream movies she acted with tons of great actors yeah so it's kind of funny that having this really i guess um i mean i feel like she did something like every year or two so she had this prolific acting and pretty successful career and all of a sudden she's like you know what i'm gonna I'm going to direct these movies that everybody I'm, likes. I'm going to move to Sacramento and make a movie about Catholic school. Uh, mm-hmm. Senior year. And uh, I think she grew up in Sacramento. I think that's why it's set in Sacramento. Uh, it, it, you, you could tell there's like, it's very much a love letter to that town. Yeah. I, I feel when like, I even mentioned, she, she went to school with, she went to college with Kate McKinnon. Another person. Yeah. So she really did know everyone. Yeah. And did she go to college in New York like Lady Bird? No, she went to Bard College, I think. Bard. Yeah, Bard. I don't know where that is. Bard, isn't that like Let a look it up. school? Not sure about Bard. It's in, oh, it's in New York, the state yeah. of New York. Yeah. It's I'm... in the hamlet of Annandale on Hudson Beef. Ah, yes, that hamlet. Um, I was <laughs> thinking of the hamlet in uh, Massachusetts. Um <laughs> Near Cape, near the Cape. That's a different Hamlet. Um, yeah, uh, that's interesting. I can't think of another, you know, famous director who like started out like just kind of like as a. So, would you call her a character actress? Well, I mean, it's kind of like I said earlier. Sometimes she was like the object of desire, which is Greenberg and Nights and Weekends and that Pacino movie. And then there's other ones where she was just more supporting. And, and there's somewhere to focus is on her just as like this strong woman. So, I, you know, different types of things. And I always liked her. I'm trying to think of because you hear of like people like, you know, Red Robert Redford, who was a leading man and then said, well, I really want to do is direct and then became, you know, a great director. Um just he's well, the, was a big star he was a big star he decided to become a director she wasn't a, she was successful but she was not a star yeah i'm trying to think of like a, just a a uh, an actress that got a lot of work i guess is the way to put it i'm trying to think of like another like working actor who then rocketed to fame you know after like a decade of work and became this like oscar nominated uh, big budget you know huge i can't think of anyone like that no but i do think pretty unique 
all these relationships she formed, I feel like all these people were like, yeah, really, we really like working with her. Yeah. Because Nellie Portman, she worked with her again. Adam Dreyer, he worked with, she worked with him again. Yeah. Like everybody wanted to work with her. Ben Stiller, she's worked with a couple of times. You know, I think, you know, you don't get to be a great director if you can't inspire people and, you know, you have to be a force of a personality yourself that, you know, people can be like, oh, I want to get, you know, I want to vibe with the charisma her. to get people to listen to you. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, and, the charisma factor. Um, another thing I think she said in that Vanity Fair article, it's all about the actors. Right. So she's not one of those directors who's like, let me shape this. <laughs> She trusts the talent and she works with super talented people. I mean, look, look at little women who she got. Ridiculous. Trisha Ronan, Florence Pugh, Emma Watson, Eliza Scanlon. Eliza Scanlon, I know because she was in Sharp Objects and she was really good in that. She was like the teenager in that. Yep. She was like scared and scary good. But it's four really talented actresses. And I think plus I all talk about little, little women for a second is I think that's why I liked little women more than the normal kind of dry yeah. classic, like a classic literature movie because right. having these good actors made it more appealing to absolutely me. and it's great not not just the leads but like great actors no matter where you turn because then you've got like laura dern and timothy chalamet and chris cooper odenkirk bob odenkirk and Mer oh meryl streep the high five high-fiving chalamet and florence Pugh. <laughs> <laughs> all through uh, the streets of Paris. Um, I remember Black Widow got delayed because Florence Pugh's hands were swollen. From all the high-fiving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I agree with you. And I think that to me, what made it... So, yes, I agree that all the acting was uh, so good. But then there was like another sort of like, well, how many times can you remake this movie? I mean, there's, there's Little Women starring Catherine Hepburn from like the 30s. And... Elizabeth Taylor and then Winona Ryder and Susan Sarandon. I mean, it's been made like, so So, what's the new thing? And to me, what made it interesting was a couple of things. One, she really did a lot of fresh things with the movie that are like, seems simple, but worked really well, like messing with the chronology of the book. And then that whole, um, uh, the, what you called mumblecore where, and she directed them in a specific way where she said all the actors were like looking at their lines and she was like no i want you to all talk at the same time right. so when we have these scenes everyone's talking at the same time because it will have this because that's how people talk especially sisters yeah like the robert altman thing the overlapping dialogue yeah which it has again is like nothing like new you know but it felt new it it seemed to really bring life to these sisters and then they're all such great actresses that it really i felt just made these all those scenes of the sisters just they just popped and um you know you yeah, really it gives it energy it's, so it's much like energy. like i said it's not dry right yeah. and the fact that the you know going back and forth from one time period to another also really worked because it really showed it really brought their care all the characters like in their hopes for themselves and their like goals and their passions and what happened to them in just like stark relief so it's not a it's not a linear thing i i thought that that really increased the power of of the movie well i just thought it was so well done so well done i was not expecting to like it as much as i did and uh and it is my daughter's all-time number one favorite movie little women really yeah she's seen it uh she said that uh, i am not qualified to speak on little women <laughs> and that I did not get my paperwork in on time. And so uh, there needs to be an acknowledgement 
of uh, the fact that I am a trespasser onto <laughs> sacred ground. Wow. Uh, so I really have to be careful of what I speak, but it's all, um, I, I watched that movie as a favor to, we read that little woman was the first book that Jesse and I read together uh, in life. And she just loved it. So she loved the book. And, um, and so I would watch that movie, but more as a favor to her and was just so surprised by how much I liked it. And that movie talk about great reviews. I mean, it was, everybody was saying this is little women as you've never seen it before. And uh, it got tons of great press and nominated for best picture. Did you get any other nominations besides like any acting nominations? I can't remember. I thought somebody did. Let's consult uh, Ron Ron here who will tell us the, um, yeah, sure. Sir. Um, sure. Sure. Ronan Lawrence Pugh, best actress and best supporting. Yeah. yeah. An adapted screenplay, original score, one best costume design. Yeah. Yeah. And they're both great. Lawrence Pugh is amazing. She was great. She was absolutely tremendous. They all were, they all were. I, I wasn't sure what to think of the Emma Watson casting just because, you know, when you see some, when you watch someone grow up as this kind of like beloved character, Right. And she's playing someone totally new and hits it out of the park. And she's, and she's even doing like her Hermione things. And, uh, and you don't mind because it's so well done. And so did you ever see bling ring? No. Emma Watson's good in that. And she's playing somebody totally different. Yeah. She's a good actress. Yeah. She's a good yeah. actress. Bling ring is about people that were going, these uh, people that were going around robbing famous people's houses when they weren't there. <laughs> and Emma Watson was one of the robbers. Yeah. It's good. Uh, I'll have to see it. Um, uh, I would, I would put that as my favorite um, Greta Gerwig movie, but number two would be Lady Bird. I, I was just delighted by Lady Bird. I was dying laughing from the, from the get go when she's arguing, when Shersha Ronan is arguing with Larry, Lori Metcalf in the car and then has had enough and leaps from the car. I yeah. fell off my couch. Yes, I, I was know. laughing. So it's, it's so great. Such a specific character. Yep. The details are so great and great performance. And you just great. believe that's a real person. Yep. With all her quirks and <laughs> the Chalamet scenes are hilarious too. Oh my God. He's this cool guy. <laughs> and she's like, is that it? She <laughs> <You know? laughs> he'd be like, that's so baller. <laughs> you put the just married to Jesus sign on the nun's car. That's baller. <laughs> He's constantly reading books. <laughs> Chalamet's great. What a cad. Yeah, yeah. He's but like likable so, somehow. Yeah. Oh, they all are. Um, who played the best friend, Julie? Mm-hmm. Uh, it up. Well, she was terrific. Uh, just uh, so good. The, the whole cast was uh, tremendous. Um, I'm going to have to. Oh, that's uh, Beanie Feldstein. She was great. She was in what was that movie? She was in that comedy, um, Booksmart. Yeah, she was in that. Yeah, I mean, every, everyone's great. I mean, first of all, let's let's discuss the um, the Steppenwolf. Uh, stalwarts, Laurie Metcalf and Tracy Letts, who are both terrific. Um, I like the other scene where uh, Laurie Metcalf and Saoirse Ronan are having the knockdown drag out fight in the house and Tracy Letts is playing solitaire right behind them on the computer <laughs> the entire time. I felt very attacked by that scene. And, uh, like, how dare you know me? I don't like that. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, you know, to me, like the writing, the writing in that was so good. Yeah. yeah. Um, all those characters were, you know, the uh, Lady Bird, she is, she's a, she's a girl. She's, you know, she's a 17 year old. And so she's imperfect and she's immature and she's kind of discovering life. Yeah, she and feels like she's, that's her age. Very much feel so. like somebody 28 years old playing a high school person. Never feel that way. You never feel like she's overly precocious. All the jokes are age appropriate. Um, and uh, all of her mistakes are age appropriate. I mean, she has a problem with telling the truth, but mm -hmm. that's a teenage thing. Um, and uh, she has these kinds of like, not uh, improbable dreams, but you know, she's, she's 17. She doesn't know any better. And so, yeah, I'm going to apply to Yale, even though I won't get in because I might, and just kind of the and recklessness of youth and, uh, and just the parts like I'm going to go by a different name. She crosses out at every turn and writes Lady Bird. Yeah. That's, that's like, a total high school thing. Yeah. Total, total high school thing. Yeah. Abandons her best friend for the cooler crowd. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All the, all the stuff. And it's kind of, it's not new ground, but she does it so well. And I think it's, I think that's a, a tribute to the writing. The yep. direction is, I think the direction is tremendous because the scenes are great. Like you said, she's an actor's director. So she gets great people and lets them do their thing, which I like. And also she makes, I think she does a great job of establishing like places and like making them characters like the school is a character and uh the town of sacramento is a character and she does a great job of highlighting rich and poor you know you know the right side of the tracks and the wrong side of the tracks rich and poor kind of thing all that stuff is it's just so well done i wasn't expecting it to be the only if i had to nitpick what do you think of the ending refresh my memory of the exact part of the ending you're talking about so she um, has the huge fight with her mom because the mom had no idea that she applied to the school in New York and got in and then <laughs> refinanced the house and, you know, turned the family finances upside down so that she could go to college and does it all behind her back. Holy God. Uh, no wonder Lori Metcalf's pissed. And I can't believe she wasn't pissed at the husband at her husband for doing all that. Uh, uh, but so they do all that. She's not speaking to her. Drops her off at the airport and won't even like hug her goodbye. Just like get out, see you at Thanksgiving, jerk. And then cries, does a lap around the airport, comes back. She's gone. Then we see her in New York at college. She gets wasted and gets a bout of alcohol poisoning. Lands in the hospital, gets out. She's kind of wandering the streets of New York. It's Sunday. She goes to church. And when she gets out of church, she calls and leaves a message for her mom that says, Hey, I just want to tell you that, you know, I love you. And yeah, that's the end. That's the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I liked the ending. I wanted a little more. It felt abrupt. And I don't know. Maybe I. I well, I, I mean, for me, it's the transition from high school to college. Mm -hmm. And she's maturing a little bit. She's realizing things. That's too hard on my mom. I need to mend this relationship. And because she's really a self assured character the whole time. Very much so. But then I think she, she's, like I said, she's maturing and realizing, hey, my mom did a lot for me. Mm -hmm. I have to recognize that. Yep. And take care of that. And then keep moving forward and figuring out what I'm going to do with my life. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I felt true to it. It felt true to me. And I'm all about true beef. All the time. You're always telling, when I talk, you're always saying false. 
And then I'm like, oh. am, I, am I Dwight, Dwight Schrute? Yeah, false. And I'm like, sorry, I'm dealing with Captain Truth over here. Um, <laughs> but I just was so I did not expect. You know what? I did not expect it to be that funny. I thought it was a I thought it was a riot. Um, so many huge laughs and like little laughs that were when, when the football coach has to direct the play and he's blocking and he's like, you three, put it at heart. <laughs> writing it down. Uh, I was roaring. Hilarious scene. Yeah, it's but it, it, the difference between Lady Bird and Barbie with Little Women is Lady Bird and Barbie are so entertaining mm-hmm. and funny and I feel like maybe that's why she didn't get the nomination. They're just too entertaining almost. <laughs> yeah. Now, so you ranked wait, what was your ranking again? Lady Bird was first. And then Barbie and Because then- you're talking about Lady Bird right now. With yeah, yeah. enthusiasm, just like I would. Right. I'm like, I want to watch it right now. That's Lady what Bird. I think about with Lady Bird. Yeah. 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 Little- it's, it's, but it's so funny. And you're so involved with the characters. You, you're you're laughing. It's emotional. Yep. It's creative. It's true to life. It's there's so much good in that movie. So much good. So much good. I think that, and with Little Women, that's just that's a book. That's like a classic. I enjoy. I've seen that movie because Jesse. It's Jesse watches it like she, she watches it all the time, and right. she has a special. You know, sometimes she does not want me to come in and watch it with her because you know that's her. It's a very you know. <laughs> powerful statement and there's going to be tears and connection and then so you're like i'm gonna go i'll go into the other room and watch some joel higgins stand up right i'll be over here with my buzzer uh in hand when you're ready to have <laughs> me uh come in but like every time i watch that little women it's like it is like a book like i notice something new i mean I, maybe that's that would be the case with lady bird barbie if i watched it again but um there's just so much detail yeah i wish i would have had time to watch lady bird and barbie again before we did this podcast yeah I was going, I wanted to, I just didn't, I just couldn't fit it in. Um, Barbie, what were your expectations going into Barbie? What were you, I think I said it, we talked about, we talked about the, the recap um, yeah. earlier. We recorded a recap episode before this one. Mm-hmm. I thought either it was going to be like this cool kind of independent view of Barbie, like Greta Gerwig's independent movies, or it was just going to be a big flop. Like they took a big swing and failed. Right. Did not expect blockbuster loved by audience and critics alike. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Just for that feat alone, she should have been nominated. The uh, just the whole world that she created the Barbie world, the, 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 the fantasy land where everything is perfect and everyone's walking around like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, was amazing. And the roles that get assigned to each of the, the inhabitants of Barbie land or Barbie town was, that was like, how were you supposed to say about Barbie that hasn't already been said before, but she had some very interesting, you know, insights and things to say about feminism and men and women and how they relate to each other that surprised me um that i was not expecting some of it i agreed with some of it i was like well that's that i i i thought that was off i thought that was off a little bit um but um yeah but like you said just the just the juxtaposition alone between barbie world and the real world was really was i mean that alone was like that's great directing that's great directing and a lot of laugh out loud moments very funny with gosling and michael Sarah. 
And look at the cat. She got it again. She just gets all these great people. Michael Sarah as Alan was uh, outstanding. Alan, I laughed every. Michael time. Sarah and Simulu were my favorites. I know Simulu's not in that much, but I laughed at everything he did. He was hilarious. Yeah. I, here's what I found interesting. <laughs> I thought the guys got all the good lines. Michael Sarah Gosling, Gosling's hysterical. Yeah, the the women had to do more of the heavy lifting. Like even Kate McKinnon, you're like, oh, she's weird Barbie, but there's some sadness to yeah. the character. So they even did. Kate McKinnon, who's a comedian, hilarious. she had to do some dramatic stuff. Right. You feel it too. You feel it in that scene. Right. You're like, yeah, she's the Barbie who's destroyed. She's the Barbie who's basically like almost bullied yeah. by these kids. And, for and you feel it. You feel it. Yeah. I mean, but that's that that was the point she was making. It's like the extra work women have to do sometimes to get noticed. Right. Right. Um, and uh I thought, especially after watching Lady Bird, I didn't feel I thought the writing in Lady Bird was better than the writing in Barbie because I thought Lady Bird transitioned more smoothly between the hilarious parts and the dramatic parts. Mm. And I thought Barbie was would speed right you're laughing 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 and all of a sudden you're like oh i should not be laughing at this this is not funny anymore i'm okay well i think barty barbie is a much harder thing to do than ladybird i agree that's I, that's what's so impressive about it yeah you're like oh, i'm gonna go watch a movie about a doll but yeah. i'm gonna get hit on the head with a lot of stuff right not just not just dramatic stuff but also the, the comedy and the shifts and where things happen and you're not sure what's what's going on here and yeah i mean it's it's very ambitious so i'm I, I personally feel that with Barbie, she bit off a little more than she could chew. My opinion. I would rank Barbie third. I think it would be. So what was your number? Is Little Women number decide. one? I can't decide. I'm going to go with Lady Bird. Because Little Women, you have the sentimental thing because it's Jesse's favorite, right? Right. I'm going to go Lady Bird one because I just saw it. So recency bias. And then Little Women mm -hmm. two, Barbie three. And Jesse ranks it Little Women, Little Bird, Lady, Little Women, Lady Bird. She also has Barbie at three. Um, yeah. Barbie's my two. And Barbie's yours. But I feel two. like I want to watch it again. I want to watch that and Lady Bird again. Yeah. I want to watch Barbie again. Um, um, yeah, just to see how it, I, with Barbie, I was like, I think it was Bob. I, I might enjoy it a second, this a second time. I might enjoy it because I know yeah, it's, so, I mean, it's, it's not strictly a comedy, but I was, I was talking about this with, I think with Henry, but sometimes comedies are funnier a second time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Cause you're noticing because a lot of, a lot of comedy is the surprise factor. And sometimes you're surprised and you don't laugh for <laughs> And you see it. Right. And the second time you laugh super hard. Or you're like, you're noticing something that's going on in the background, something that like right, right. And I'm sure there's a lot of stuff going on in Barbie. Has to be. Yeah. Has to be. Yeah. So much they put so much work into all of it. Uh what is your favorite performance in a Greta Gerwig movie? Mm, good good I, I, but I'll go I'll go uh Shersha in Lady Bird. Yeah, I think I would too. I think I would too. Yeah. And then second, a close second would be um maybe Shersha in Little Women, just because I was just surprised at her energy and, and the fierceness she brings there. Um and third would probably be either Gosling in Barbie or Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird. Uh just be just because Laurie Metcalf's been around forever and she's just one of those I, people. I think I'd go with uh Michael Sarah as my number two. Oh, ahead of Gosling. And uh my number three might be Florence Pugh and Little Men. What is okay, if you had a favorite scene in Barbie, uh 
either the alan scenes because <laughs> the they're so funny yeah i uh this the scene all the scenes where ryan gosling is uh getting <laughs> uh, he's the butt of the joke and his uh his reactions are amazing really hilarious uh also talk, can i interrupt you for a sec Pete? Oh, yeah when we're I was like hey so 2000 look at this this is a pretty good lineup 2018 best actress i mean lady bird came out in 2017 so this is the oscar ceremony i think was in 2018 here are the best actress nominees sally hawkins shape of water meryl streep the post francis mcdormand three billboards margot robbie i tanya and then Saoirse ronan lady bird that's a, a really actually i thought three billboards was a bad movie so and i think francis mcdormand won I think so. Man, too. what a that's a great collection there because they're all really good. Because I, I looked it up because because she, she was Shersha Ronan was so good in it. I'm like, who is she going up against? Yeah, but I, Sally Hawkins was great in Shape of Water. Post is we've talked about the post a couple times on the podcast. Yeah, Underrated movies. We just talked about Margot Robbie too. How how great she was. Night Tanya. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit in our recap. Yeah, today. Um, yeah, Frances McDormand would be fifth in in nine. <laughs> And she wound up winning because she's Frances McDormand, and yeah. uh, and she, I love Frances McDormand. I just thought that movie was bad. She uh, she's constantly texting saying, "I hear it all." You know, Len's hurtful jibes, Beeves naps <laughs> uh, while I'm doing Shakespeare. You know, to... I loved. I lo- I was real happy for when she won Nomadland because Nomadland was a great movie. She was great in that. She's great in Fargo. Isn't Three Billboards by that guy who did the band? Sh- Banshee. Yeah, that's why I was surprised I liked Banshees of Insurance so much because I did not like Three Billboards at all. Yeah, I thought I've Three Billboards it. was poorly poorly written, just falls apart. Yeah, and Banshees was great, super original and surprising. So I was like, this is the same guy, right? Yeah. Uh, is what are your? Do you feel that uh, this is a thorny question because? Greta Gerwig has a lot to say about men and, you know, uh, the patriarchy and how they treat women and how they abuse power. And that's that's a theme throughout. I liked in Lady Bird how she has romantic relationships, but she doesn't necessarily that's not her thing. Um, And she goes off to college single. And like one of the first scenes is her hooking up with some guy. And uh, he's like, your music collection is so good. All you have is greatest hits. He's like, yeah, <laughs> those hits are the greatest. <laughs> Killed me. But. <laughs> Uh, are there, do you feel that like, you know, the, the male characters that she puts out there are, uh, um, you know, they, they're, they're all problematic. Like they act problematically and she's doing that intentionally to show. I don't know though. Cause Alan's kind of the underdog in Burby. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's treated well. He gets a good cathartic scene. He does. He does. And, um, I don't think you agree with all that. Do you, I don't know if she does it intentionally, but it's like what I always think about with stuff like that is if me and you are writing something, we're going to lean towards, all right, let's write about this white guy. Let's write about this. And, and maybe, maybe not even intentionally might, it's going to have some of our characteristics in it. Right. Right. So that's how she's going to do. That's her viewpoint. That's why it's um, having all this diversity just makes things more interesting. Like mm-hmm. a movie like Past Lives, you know, that's not anything I really know about. 
Right. So that was interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Instead of seeing, I mean, and it might be a good movie. It might be an entertaining movie, but I mean, I think TV is almost even a better comparison because like that TV peak era, as good as all the shows were, it was all these white anti-hero guys. It was right. Tony Soprano and Don Draper and right. um, Breaking Bad, the uh, the teacher, the Walter White. Walter White. I was going to say Heisenberg. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. So there was a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And as good as they were, you know, you want some variety. It's time for something new. And and if you're if you're a woman or a minority or whatever, are you going to go? Oh, I'm going to write a story about beef. No, you're going <laughs> to write about. You'd rather write about your group that probably isn't represented that much. Absolutely. And it probably makes for if it's done well enough, it's going to make for a more interesting story. Absolutely. I and the, her female characters are so great and strong and funny and they're the center of the and and they're more concerned with like their own growth and making their own way and not relying on you know love that's a part of it but it's not the main drive none of them no really so ladybird no little women no no barbie no absolutely not yeah, it's, it's, they're all kind of, that's what's, it's always interesting. It's what I always notice more we talk about directors is there's stuff in every movie that's the same. There's just something, I think somebody even wrote that. There's always like this one thing that's in every director's movie, right. even if they don't realize they're doing it. And that's what her thing is. I mean, she's only three movies in, but that's what it is. It's like these independent women because Lady Bird, she's off into the world. She's off at college by herself doing her own thing. Right. Little women, she's like, no, I'm going to... I'm going to be a writer. I don't need to be married. Barbie, she's <laughs> going to a doctor's appointment. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't i mean at least me you don't i don't watch it and be like hey because it's like yeah all right let them do their own thing i'm sure <laughs> ben shapiro is outraged by all these movies but, but i'm i'm not um i'm i'm not either uh one last uh thing so her next movie which she's not directing but she's written is uh it's a screenplay for um disney's snow white so but it's mm -hmm. a live she's written the screenplay for the live action remake of snow white which should yeah. be interesting. very interesting yeah i was gonna before you said that i was gonna say it, it, it three three movies me and you both liked all three of them so what's gonna happen next yeah that's what that's all that i see i don't know what else is that's all that you know when you go and to you I, know she has she has two kids she has two kids too oh wow uh, when did she take a break <laughs> I guess what she said was her and Noah Baumbach don't direct movies at the same time. There you go. Like one of them will have a project and then it's the other one's turn after that. Oh, and uh, it seems like Lady Bird is totally autobiographical because she is from Sacramento. Her mom was an OBGYN nurse from the uh, neighborhood. That what, she I, what I just read, though, is they said the personalities are opposite. Oh, okay. But Greta Gerwig does not seem like, I feel like Greta Gerwig probably is more like Lady Bird than she thinks. <laughs> Because she does not seem like a opposite of that. She seems like pretty outgoing and totally creative, like Lady Bird is. So maybe she's just kind of trying to hide that. Could know. be. Could be. Um, yeah. Any uh, any other questions you have? Had you, you had you not seen her? Oh, I, I was going to say, had you, have you not seen her in a movie before? No, you've never seen any of those movies. Not one. No, not the ones that you were saying. I was like, you were talking. I was like, nope, never seen that. Portlandia. Yeah. Never Portlandia. So I've got my homework. No. I don't think I saw I'd seen the episode of her in Portlandia, but I'd, I'd seen probably at least 
five or six of her movies before we even decided to do this podcast. And then I watched a few more. <laughs> the Pacino one. I, that's the one. Whatever I'm, I say about the Pacino one, I'm going to remember it. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> gotta check don't, that out. Don't watch Nights in a Weekend. All right. So. I'll, give that, I'll give that a miss. Uh, I should try try Francis Ha. I'd be interested to think uh, hear what you think of that one. And she wrote that Francis Ha. Yeah, she wrote um, Mistress America, Mistress America too. Yeah, and Northern Comfort. Uh, and I haven't seen that or any. You know. I, I haven't seen that either. I hadn't even heard of that to be honest. It's with Rod Weber, and uh, and it's a improvisational film. It's a, like total indie. Mm-hmm. And um, and the Boston Globe called it a DIY dogma dedicated to Weber's guiding maxim. The movie already exists. It's just waiting to be found. Um, yeah, it had a budget of three thousand dollars. Wow! So that's not a lot of money. Let's get more than that for our Jefferson Starship one, please. We could make a Jefferson Starship or Jefferson Airplane movie for three thousand dollars. All we need is a rooftop concert in new york where the cops show up and just bust everybody immediately they're not they don't even wait for the end of the song <laughs> they just come we blow up. our whole bu- budget on that we would though i think you don't realize how much that costs be we'll, we'll talk about it after the podcast i think that uh joel higgins I'm gonna, uh agreed to donate points from his uh devastating movie uh tour um so that should cover us <laughs> He's so nice. He's so nice. He's a good guy. Always been a friend to Jagbacks. Yeah. $3,000. <laughs> For whatever reason. I love that you went from making a $3,000 movie 13 years ago to directing a billion, a movie that grossed a billion dollars. She now yeah. can yeah. do whatever the heck she wants. She can do whatever she wants. Yeah. And yeah. you wonder how that will change her. It has to. When you are now all of a sudden the hot new. Of course it does. And what, how that will come out in her next movie, what that will look like. You know, um, do you know how many sushi meetings I've had since the success of Lane Call Beef? It's changed me. It's changed me. I wasn't going to say anything, but uh, the gold lament <laughs> jacket that you're wearing right now, uh, just uh, actions speak louder than words. Um, but gold is your color. And you, you wear don't it. like the, you don't, <laughs> you don't like the artist at work patch on the back. <laughs> It's uh, it, it's a good reminder for me to no. mind my P's and Q's and remember who I'm dealing with. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next uh, project. Um, you know, uh, so I was on uh, th- um, X, formerly Twitter, and they were screaming about Greta Gerwig getting bounced. And some guys, you know, guys, Barbie is not oscar worthy okay she's nowhere near in say scorsese's category and i said well all i did was say ladybird better than mean streets little women better than alice doesn't live here anymore taxi driver okay uh, okay taxi driver is better than barbie but gerwig's in the lead see uh, i would say barbie better than taxi driver really i would say what was the second one you said uh alice doesn't oh, live Alice doesn't live here anymore. I love that movie. I would put that over Little Women. Yeah. And then what was the first one? Mean Streets. Oh, yeah. Barbie's better than Mean Streets. So. No, it would be Mean Streets or Lady Bird. Oh, Lady Bird for sure. I agree. I love Mean Streets. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so Gerwig's in the lead. I pointed that out to um, film. Nut- I saw your I saw your tweet. <laughs> 
in the lead. Beeb tells it. I pointed that out to film scene lover uh, 31 uh, on Twitter and uh, he responded. <laughs> it was all in good fun. Uh, I feel like Scorsese is going to win Best Director as kind of a another nod to just his whole career. I don't know. If he wins, the everyone will go crazy about the patriarch. I, I think Christopher Nolan might win. Or Nolan. You might think Nolan might. You think Oppenheimer might dominate the... Uh, yeah, I feel like Oppenheimer has more momentum than... Uh, uh, Killers of Fire Moon now. Mm, you might be right. Yeah. Of the Golden Globes. Just, just in general. I, I, a couple months ago, they were saying Killers of Flower Moon, but now I feel like Oppenheimer's getting everything. That's another movie I want to watch again. I loved it. It was great. Yeah, loved it. And uh, and for like like Barbie, I felt like for every two things that I caught and loved, I missed two more. So. I think I would get a lot out of seeing it again. Both those movies. Yeah, Oppenheimer you're just so shocked by all the actors that come through. Yeah. That I'm sure I'm sure I know this stuff. Right. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I feel like the um people have kind of accepted, you know, that Oppenheimer is a great movie. They're not I, I don't see many people bashing it. Just John Lazar who says it's boring. Oh, Lazar said it was boring. Says Interstellar is boring. I, I don't think Interstellar I don't think either of those movies are boring. No, they're both great. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think uh, I, I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. I'm like, what? That's for our upcoming Christopher Nolan podcast. We're going to do a podcast episode in a few weeks where we talk about the the films of Christopher Nolan. But I think they're all, the Nolan and Greta Gerwig will always be intertwined because of that Barbie and Oppenheimer coming out on the same weekend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it was, you know, you know, whatever you think of each movie and them against each other, it was great for business. And I think it came at a perfect time yeah. where people were starting to come out, go outside again. And it was just people rediscovered how great it was to go to a movie. Yeah. So I think in that sense, Barbie was like a giant cultural kind of right place, right time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's just amazing that both of those struck a chord. Three hour movie about a bomb yeah. and a movie about a plastic doll and just went crazy you know why because they're not remakes and they're not you know yeah uh, there's always that's that's the thing that executives forget is people want something that feels new right but something that like that captures like, their goal please show us more about the life of marty balin and we will buy a ticket <laughs> the world wants to know why grace slick was romantically involved with everyone in the band except marty balin <laughs> Grace Slick is going out for dinner with Roadie number 10 and Marty Balin's uh, flowers are still uh, in unwrapped and on uh, her uh, on her front table. She even put them in a vase. As we play the Charlie Brown music as Marty Balin walks away. <laughs> he goes home. There, there's our hook. There's our hook. There's our first clip. B. There's our first trailer. He goes home and writes John. <laughs> are made of this or no it's hearts can be that way <laughs> that's it not dreams are made of this hearts can be that way i was too much on uh on uh i was too i was too i was having trouble switching gears from gerwig to balin yeah. he's writing itself len i'm gonna have to talk to uh, uh kirk pinchin about the naked eyes movie too next time next week <laughs> he'll be all about see it. if he's interested in that absolutely the world needs to hear if one thing barbie has taught us is that original um movies about uh starship 
Mickey Thomas getting his face caved in and naked eyes are uh, box office gold. Uh, anything else on Greta Gerwig that we have not covered? No, I think we got it all. It's a good one. Uh, thanks for so early in her directing career as a tribute to her. Right? It is. But she's done just three movies. It really is. She's really making a huge impact and very excited to see what um, she's got coming up around the corner. And uh, we'll continue to follow her and, and review her here on Jag Bags. Um, if you're interested in any of our other podcast episodes on movie directors, check us out. We are available wherever fine podcasts are found. If there's a director you would like to see us talk about, uh, let us know. And we'll uh, not only discuss that director, we might have you on as a guest. We might festoon you with the Jagbags t-shirt. So uh, come on. Uh, ready to be festooned. Send us your nominations, prepare for guest appearances, and then festooning. Um, and, uh, as always, please follow us, uh, on social media and subscribe to us as well. Write us a review. If you're so inclined, make it hashtag Jagbags. Thanks very much for listening. When you're ready to listen, put a little Jagbags in your ear.